I think uh, the role that I had when I was an employee for a company has shifted where now you are the one who has to manage people, but you're also managing customers as well. Welcome to the Mass Starts Up podcast. My name is Mishun Muda. This is a podcast for Africa's opportunity seekers, problem solvers, future shapers, world builders, and entrepreneurs. This podcast is meant to be a platform to encourage, empower, and educate young people in Africa on entrepreneurship, startups, and business. Hey guys, um, Mash here. Um, so this week's episode is slightly different. This is a collection of five episodes of the Compass Guide to E-Commerce podcast that we created in 2019 to help small businesses and entrepreneurs start, run, and grow online stores. So this is a really, really amazing episode that really will teach you everything you need to know about setting up the tools, the platforms, and so much more around building an online business. To learn more about the Compass Guide to Commerce, go to compass.africa. And you'll learn a lot more about starting, running, and growing an online business with a lot more tools, a lot more platforms, and a lot more hacks for your growth. So check out the Compass Guide to Commerce on compass.africa. So enjoy this episode. And if you know someone that might need it to get their journey of online business started, um, please share it with them. Thank you guys so much for always engaging and reviewing the podcast. It's been an amazing ride. Um, for the last few weeks and we hope to churn out a lot more content a lot more consistently um, and we're looking forward to that Welcome to the first episode of the Compass Podcast. Um, my name is Mashudu Madal. Um, so we, we're just going to do uh, short intros. Um, just to introduce ourselves so that you understand who we are and what we do um, separately. Um, I'm with Dali here, so, so you can say hello now. Yeah, hello. Yeah, my name is Dali Songoma. Um, I'm the managing director of a company called African Technopreneurs. Heavily focused in e-commerce, so that's what Mesh has actually brought me on here yeah. to actually present. So, yeah, let's just see ourselves. I see you, you brought on your radio voice. <laughs> this is not how you, you're speaking to me like of 10 course. minutes ago. Yeah, of course. You have to have that persona. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, my name is Mashudu Mudal. Um, I am the founder of Lucha, um, which is a podcasting network. Um, that is looking into African content. So what we looked at was seeing where things were going in terms of digital trends. And we realized how important, um, while we were focused on digital content, there's a need for digital commerce, right? And what we've decided to do, um, well, as me, uh, as an entrepreneur, uh, is decided to start a platform called Compass. And what this platform is, is really to become an enabling um, force for encouraging a lot more digital commerce, e-commerce, and really enabling a lot more um, digital entrepreneurs to be, able to be able to take advantage of the amazing opportunities that exist in terms of making money on the internet or making money digitally. And I brought Dali on here mainly because he actually has a, a lot of skin in the game. So Dali, just uh, give us a, a brief um, or maybe even detailed um, description of your journey as an e-commerce and digital entrepreneur. Okay, so 
where do I begin? Um, I, I informally got onto e-commerce, I think even like in my high school days. Um, this was actually kind of funny. I, I started off selling off forums. So what would actually happen is that I saw new tech, especially tech in the US. It was kind of funny, the very first Google phone bought, uh, brought those into the country. And how I actually worked that out was that I got people to pay 50% before I actually even placed an order, then placed the order. When I got it into the country, they paid the that 50% and often it was good as gold. So this was actually done through, I think, the I've forgotten what they were calling themselves at the time. I think it was Prophecy, but now it's Carbonite. Carbonite forums. So from there, that's how it actually continued. Um, this was, I think, 2000 and, yeah, well, the early 2000s or, or so. So, like, right now... Yeah, going, don't show your age. Yeah, going... going. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm worried that we might cut out a few millennials if you tell them your age. <laughs> I actually want Gen Z to, to listen to this. So Gen okay, Z it, are very ageist. All right, all so right. Don't, okay. uh, don't share that story. So, so, anyway, moving right along, I think this is around 2013 or so. I, I was actually in Malaysia. I was doing my software engineering degree. But the one opportunity I saw was with power banks. So this is the Xiaomi power banks. And when I looked at the cost of what they were selling, or actually power banks in South Africa were being sold for, firstly, they were overpriced and low quality. These were like plastic power banks, and the Xiaomi power banks at the time were actually made out of aluminum. I'm not too sure if they were purely out of aluminum, but they were made out of metal. They felt solid. And I was able to make around 200 to 300. Um, this is gross profit on each of the power banks, which were actually being sold. That went on for quite some time, but then I had to like cut the business because I had to focus on my studies and complete that. And then fast forward to 2017, got back into the country. And that's when I actually just jumped into e-commerce, played around with Shopify for a bit. And yeah, the rest is history up until now, where I've just specialized with uh, 360 cameras, virtual reality, and a data roaming solution called FlexRoam. Okay, cool. Maybe just go into sort of, so what's the store called? Um, what's the product yeah. you guys sell? And okay. what's the sort of win there? Okay, so like right now, um, there are actually two stores that we're running. Um, again, it was a brand idea. The first one was actually FlexRoam. Um, that's flexroam.co.za where we sell this international roaming product. That started off on the basis that a friend um, just let me know that there is this product. Do you know anybody in South Africa who's in the aviation space who wants to sell? So like with anything else, I prefer to get a sample before I actually try and pitch it to anybody. So I got the sample, tried it, I was like, this is brilliant. So then I um, spoke to a friend, then we, we started selling. Initially, we all put in our shares of cash. Um, the friends, um, unfortunately, so had to leave uh, due to other reasons. Some got busy, some actually needed the cash. So, and I ended up just taking the, the business full, um, full house. And then moving on to 180 by two. 180x2.0.za is literally just a play on words with 360. So we sell 360 cameras and virtual reality headsets. That started off on the basis that my first idea of trying to get into real estate, because I was looking for a place to stay, was to try and sell real estate agents on the basis of being able to take virtual tours. They were not buying it. I spoke to quite a lot of property agents. I went to a variety of property listings as well, and it ended up being a case of selling the cameras. So I started off selling the cameras. Um, that started off quite sl slow. So funny enough, I actually made my initial good sales of Take Lot. 
and then obviously now just being focused more towards the e-commerce. So Flexorum has been primarily um, just through their platform on Shopify. And then 180 by 2 has just slowly but surely just been going on its own as well, apart from just going through Take Loss. What would you say has been like your journey through e-commerce? Like, is it very difficult? Like, would you encourage people to do it? Where are we going? <laughs> uh, I, I, you have to say yes to the second question, mainly because we are about to do 10 episodes. So, <laughs> <laughs> so if you say no... Hey, hey, all I can say is that it is an enjoyable um, journey. Um, right now is that I actually was a bit first for today, got quite late for um, this recording. But the main fact is, is that it is enjoyable and you you have to learn on your feet. I wouldn't necessarily say that it's any easier than running a physical store. I haven't actually run a physical store myself, but you still go through quite a lot of the same sort of admin. I think uh, the role that I had when I was an employee for a company has shifted where now you are the one who has to manage people, but you're also managing customers as well. So you have less of that instance of where you're thinking, um, how exactly can I just get my work done and be done for the day? Now it's a case of how can I actually get my work done by providing the best experience to the customer so they can actually provide word of mouth to other people. So the mere fact is that I think you become your own boss, but it also comes with its own caveats as well. So with like Flexerum, we have calls coming in at a variety of odd times because it is an international product. But with the cameras, at least um, what I can see is that it was also a bit of serendipity and then I think survivorship bias, as you might say. But that has literally been able to just continue without actually having any sort of returns for, for this year, at least. Um, obviously, we're going to go into all the details on yeah. how to build um, an online store, how to grow it, cool. um, and how to start as well. But um, you were just telling me how much you've made over the years. <laughs> Are you willing to publicly say how much it's been? Okay, so this is obviously unaudited, but uh, the mere fact is that we're looking at um, five bar. So that's five bar, just literally. So for those that don't know the language, <laughs> that's five million in sales. So how many years would, the, would you say that's over? That's literally just over two years. Two years. It's, uh, as an, uh, things literally just only picked up, uh, this is around April, May last year. That's when I actually started. Mm. So prior to that, it was just like the testing phase with the Flexorum. Flexorum wasn't really bringing in that much cash. Prior to that, we were actually even doing web development to, to pay the bills. Mm. But um, yeah, literally May, I'd say, was when things really just like kicked off. So um, just for last year, we turned over, this was I think around 2.5. This year, we've already been able to somewhat hit that threshold. I don't necessarily know the exact numbers, but like July was a really good month. Even August as well has actually <laughs> been picking up. But um, the mainstay is that we're actually still trying to stay true to providing the best customer service. And yeah, hoping to do 10x of what we did last year. That is my goal for the year. I'm saying it publicly, but you literally have to set those ambitious goals as to what exactly you want to achieve. Okay, cool. So. Um we're going to cut it short just there. Um, this is mainly just to introduce you to what we're trying to do and really breaking down what e-commerce is, how it works, what it takes to build a really amazing store, and also what it could take for you to become a digital entrepreneur, to build an e-commerce platform, to really, really start build and grow an online store. So we're going to go into so much more in the next few weeks um, from, you know, what it takes, what the e-commerce landscape looks like in, in South Africa, what tools you need to accept 
card payments? How do you get couriers at the right places at the right time? Um, what sort of resources you should be using? What online platforms, um, just like Dali mentioned, one of them being Shopify. And there's so much more that we can do. So um, we're going to cut it there. Um, but I think we should just share your social media. Um, so for me, it's okay. just MASH Startup um, okay. across all platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, what's yours? It's DJ Ngoma. So that's literally because of my, my initials, Daliso Joshua Ngoma, literally everywhere on all platforms. Funny enough, I've also got, I think, DJ.com. It might redirect to about me. But, <laughs> but all my contact details are actually on the internet. I'm actually free to actually give any sort of advice. But yeah, that's where you can actually catch me. Cool. Catch us on the next episode. Awesome. Welcome to the Compass Podcast. Um, thank you so much for sticking with us. Um, if you stuck through the first episode, it was just um, not that much of a, of a drag, I feel like. It was <laughs> lots of entertainment and lots of numbers. Um, so if you heard last time, Dali has spent you know, the last two, three, five years playing around in e-commerce and really understanding um, where the wins are and how to navigate much faster and better and, and smarter. Um, so in this episode, we're going to go through just a bit of admin. So what it does take to actually start off um, when you're starting an online store, you know, just taking care of the paperwork, taking care of the regulations, stuff like that. So um, Dali, welcome to the to the second episode. How are you feeling? Yeah, feeling great. Feeling okay, great. Cool. Let's do a bit of admin. All right. So just to start off with, um, I think like with anybody who actually wants to start a business, it really depends. Are you starting it by yourself? Or you're starting it with a couple of people. If you are starting it by yourself, you can just jump straight into starting the online store. Is this with my personal account? Yeah, you can start with your personal account, but the only concern I have with that approach is something that I think I even learned from my dad, is that you want to separate your business from your personal. Mm. Because what will actually happen is that if you dive in your, your business with your personal, now when it comes to reporting that stuff to SARS, <laughs> you have to do quite a bit of explaining because literally if the money is coming into your account it might be seen as income tax yep. and again I'm not a tax specialist and that's why I necessarily deal with experts uh, when it comes to that and again um, it's one of those things that what you want to do um, first off the bat is to try and start a company so starting a company literally only just costs 175 rand 50 rand goes to name reservation and then 125 for that reservation. And this is with CPIC, right? Yeah, yeah. so CIPC, um, oh, you yes. can go to eservices.cipc.co.za, you register an account um, as a South African. It's actually quite straightforward. It literally takes around like 15 minutes. And if you do it during a working day, you can literally get your, um, your, your business up and running just on that day. Yep. Yeah, so company registration number, company registration name, even your tax number as well. So you're pretty much sorted on day one. 
Okay, cool. Yeah. So I've got everything. I'm registered and all of that. Yeah. Um, what's my next step? So the next step, as it stands, is that you would probably want to go for a domain name. Okay. So your domain name would pretty much be like your phone number. Yeah. But so yeah. What, what we've done on Compass is actually mm. have um, make an article. We wrote an article mainly around um, how to choose a brand name and domain yeah. name as well. Um, talk us through what it takes just to start getting a domain. Yeah. What's the smart way to get the right kind of domain? Yeah. Are there anything, any red flags people should be looking at as well? So, um, simplest saying I can actually just say is use a KISS method. Keep it simple, stupid. That's usually what is actually used. So, when it comes to a company name, you probably want to use something that is short and simple. So, Compass Africa very simple. Sometimes people use like very long names. If you can squeeze it into an acronym, that also works as well. Oh yeah, I'm thinking yeah. about the online stores that exist. Takealot.com Exactly. We done. Superbless.com Amazon. Amazon.com <laughs> Exactly. And, and it's very straightforward. True. I mean, it doesn't really describe much, but obviously that comes in when you start doing branding and all True. of the marketing and all of that. But just a very simple, straightforward name. Exactly. Easy to pronounce. Um, easy to, to, to spell. And, True. And it's easy just for someone to go on to, right? Exactly. And you have to realize people are also going to be writing you emails. And if they have to remember a long name or you've actually used a long domain name as well, it also becomes a bit frustrating. But I think simple tips, because you are in South Africa, um, or even, for instance, wherever you might be, typically for the American market, it would be a .com. But if it's South Africa, typically you're best off using a .co.za. They are the likes of .joburg, .pretoria, .cape Town, .africa. Exactly. But the thing is that especially if, for example, you are trying to just go for your general audience, you try to talk their language as well. So same, same thing. If I'm going to be selling in South Africa, I'm not going to be selling in dollars. I'll be selling in rands. Mm. So you obviously have to just speak the talk of whoever you're actually dealing with. So .co.za. You can go into domains.co.za. So yeah. you can see as in, that's just one provider that's used, a simple yeah. name. I mean, w yeah. w with other domain, I mean, there's a lot of domain providers. Exactly. Does it really matter who you use? Or? No, it doesn't. So the thing is that um, obviously I'm pretty much going to use the approach of um, what Nassim Talib would actually talk about. Uh, don't tell me what you think. Tell me what's in your portfolio. So obviously I'll just tell you that I'm using domains.co.za. I think the other one is smartweb.co.za. host. Exactly. There's also every host and a few others. So the mere fact is that it doesn't really matter as to where exactly you get your domain name. But I think we might actually just list recommended ones. So you don't necessarily get conned because quite a lot of these guys, they can charge you an arm and a leg. And literally for a domain, you, you should be paying around like 100 or even less per yep. year. So it's like reserving your phone number just for your company or even reserving that name. But you pretty much keep it on a yearly basis at 100 rand. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've, I've typically um, had a bunch of different domains over the yeah. years, and um, I've often stuck with um, Afterhost. Yeah. Mainly because it's so simple, it feels like it feels like a very familiar platform. Exactly. Um, and I haven't ever spent more than a hundred rand on a domain. Ever. Yeah. So it's a hundred rand a month, and you get quite a lot for that. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything in terms of space that people should be looking at in terms of registering domains? I know it needs to be a secure domain. Yeah, so if you're talking about space, um, what do you mean by space? Like uh, the, you know, 
uploads and stuff like oh, okay. that. Okay, so so things that it really depends on what platform you will be using. So in my instance, I'm using Shopify. So there won't actually be a need for space. Mm. What you just need is a person who will give you a domain name mm. that you pay for on a yearly basis. Like what was actually mentioned, a hundred bucks, you don't have to stress about that. And um, so in terms of space, unless you're going to be doing your own company website, we'll talk about that later, but you can actually look for that option. And I think with AfriHost, they're charging like, what, 45 bucks or 49 bucks per month? Yeah, 100 yeah. bucks. So, so it's quite cheap to actually go that route. But um, again, if you are looking at going the WordPress uh, route, we'll talk about that more at a later stage. And then apart from that, um, I think the most important thing that you know is social media. So like with anything else, um, your best bet is that you try and also make sure that the the handle that you're trying to look for has not been taken. And it's quite simple, as in you've already got a name, you just go onto Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and look for that particular name. My recommendation is typically to at least just reserve the domain, uh, yeah, the, the handle, so at least someone doesn't just like hijack it and then try to take you for ransom. Yeah. And then uh, probably just focus on the social media that you'll probably be actively using yeah. on a regular basis. So I mean, it, all yeah. of this sounds like it could take a day. Um, so that's just basic admin, ex right? Exactly, exactly. You're just literally just making sure that you are taking all your trademarks. Yeah. I, I think that would actually be the easiest term to use, that you actually want to keep uh, your brand or actually your name towards you. Because the last thing you want is that all of a sudden, you might have had menu.co.za. And then all of a sudden you find that someone's already taken menu on social media and a variety of other places. So it's just having to just take a bit of foresight. It takes a bit of time to actually get through it. But literally, I think um, another approach, um, write down 10 names that you might think of and you might actually be able to see as to what would be the best fit for you. So perfect. Yeah. So catch us on the next episode where we're going to be talking a lot more onto a lot more of the technicalities. Um, so platforms that you can use to build out um, your online store and what it actually takes in terms of a technical background, if any at all, um, to build these stores. So cool. Thank you so much, Dali. Awesome. Just To a new episode of Compass um, Podcast. So today, what we're going to be chatting about is mainly just more technical. Um, so this is mainly about what it actually takes to build an online store as an online platform. So how do people find you online? Um, what website are they going to? So last time we, we went through admin, just like registering a domain versus um, paying for hosting, right? So um, all those different interesting things. Um, today, what we're going to cover is really about what you need to use to actually build the online store. So, Dali, let's go. <laughs> so, is this quite interesting? Before we even started recording, uh, the one thing I actually mentioned, you actually asked me, it's like, do you, you need to learn HTML? To put it in simple terms for anybody who might be a bit confused what HTML is, is that that is the language that our websites are built with. So, um, I just told Mesh that straight up, 
even if your website is ugly, if it makes you money, it makes you money. Not to say that you should be building ugly websites, but it's just to put the facts down that uh, what you are in the business of doing is trying to make sales. And sometimes you don't have to make the prettiest website to begin with. You And that's what e-commerce is about, right? It's about the sale. Exactly. So yeah. the thing is that I suppose maybe some people might think that the Amazon website looks beautiful, but... Oh no, it's awful. <laughs> It's the worst designed website I've ever been on, but so, it makes billions. Exactly. It's, it's, a, it's a billion um, billion dollar company. And you can see just by the fact that they've just started off with something simple. You look at any of your favorite websites, go back to the very first version that they did. It somewhat does not look that great. So I shouldn't, at the beginning, want to design the very best of website designs in the world. You know, there's a simple saying, just start. Yeah. So just start um, and you'll see as to how things go. But before you start, obviously, we want to give you a recommendation as to what to start with. Okay, cool. So um, you've got two primary platforms within the space. The one would be um, Shopify. So Shopify, um, as it goes, is that it's your one-stop shop for e-commerce. It has everything built in. It's got themes. It's got your inventory management and the rest. So you can already just start... So, so literally, yeah. okay, so I get Shopify mm. and what I can use it for is building an online store. So yeah. do I start by registering the domain and then putting the Shopify onto my domain through the cPanel okay. and all of that? Okay, so look, we need to break it down. Yeah, okay, here. we can break it down. We can okay, break it down cool. as much as possible. So, so what's the relationship? Okay. Uh, so okay. let's say I've registered the domain now. All right. Right? Um, what do I do to get onto Shopify? Okay, so when we're looking at Shopify, you don't necessarily need a domain before actually starting with Shopify. They'll actually just give you a dummy website. So I think even for our website for 180by2.co.za, you can actually go to 180by2.myshopify.com and it will point to the same website. So starting off the bat, you don't have to worry so much that you need a domain to just start. And uh, what you actually get into when it comes to the, the domain, it does get a bit more technical, but I wouldn't really say that's that's stressful. Um, with the person that you registered your domain with, they generally have tech support. You can talk to them and they'll be able to help you out. If not, uh, that's why we're here. We'll actually just provide a bit um, of guidance as to where exactly you can go. But it's actually quite straightforward. Yeah. Um, now going on to, I think, your WordPress, um, side of things, WordPress and WooCommerce. I wouldn't really be the expert because that's not necessarily what I touch on on a regular okay. basis. But so, so, so let's, yeah. let's let's maybe focus on Shopify. What yeah. does it cost? Okay, um, so, okay. So Shopify off the bat, the first two weeks are free, but then after that, you're paying twenty nine dollars per month. Okay. Yeah. Let's just talk in rands because I think that will probably make more sense. Yes. <laughs> Uh, the RAND is not doing that great as well. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so let's just put it at 15 RAND. I know that it's going above 15 RAND per dollar, but you're looking at around like 450 RAND per month. To run your online store. Run your online so store. So what Shopify will give you is, so you'll be able to build the store. Exactly. Um, use the tools that they have to place a theme as well. Yeah. Be able to load your products exactly. and, and, and use it in order to build the store. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And the thing is that if you think of $29, 450 Rand, 500 Rand, um, some people might think of it as being expensive. But sometimes, I, I can tell you, the amount of pain and sweat that you'll go through with having to deal with WordPress and WooCommerce, because even our main website, africantechno.com, is built on WordPress, 
is that you need a bit more technical expertise. Not to say that you can't obtain it, but sometimes if you just want to start, you want the easy way to actually start. So would you and say Shopify is like the the, the, the dummy's guide to, it's, to e-commerce? Yeah, I'll say it's the dummy's guide, but it's even the expert's guide. As in, there's some beautifully built websites. So that's the <laughs> most amazing thing I heard about Shopify was yeah. actually um, that Kylie Jenner's store was built on Shopify and raking in billions <laughs> again. <laughs> and the thing is that you have to realize that the consumer doesn't really care what, what it's built on. Exactly. As long as it looks decent enough. Exactly. So the thing is that um, the last thing you want, again, is that this is like your store. If, for example, you are building it with WordPress, with WooCommerce, if there were like updates that needed to be done with your WordPress website and you push those updates and it breaks your site, you're pretty much left in the lurch and now you have to try and either get an IT guy or try and attend to it yourself. With Shopify, it's automatically updated all the time. It's secure. It's already got all the tools that you require. And yeah, people will not really care as to what you're actually using to, to make your sale as long as they can actually make a purchase off your website. Cool. So I think that pretty much wraps it um, okay. in terms of, of tools. So the big takeaway here, learn what the hell Shopify is. So yeah. what we've done is on the Compass website is made an article for you as well um, that actually breaks down how to um, use Shopify to build your store. Um, it does include a video which does have really great um, information, um, especially on the technical side of things. So um, check that out as well. Um, it will be very, very helpful. But Dali's uh, overall advice, get Shopify because it's simple, it's yeah. easy. Um, it's cost efficient, especially just to get started. And it's also going to make you way more independent. You don't want to rely on a developer. True, true, true. You don't want to rely on anyone. And just a quick one as well. Um, this is a bit of a cheat code for anybody who's actually interested. Is that these companies that have these platforms are there to make you succeed. So, for example, with Shopify, they give you a 14-day trial to actually make sure that you can test your website. And the ability is that it's not going to be a live running uh, website because you need to put in a, a password for people to actually access it. But you can pass it to friends and family, not necessarily to say that they'll be your customers, but they can give you a bit of feedback. But apart from that, Shopify, even if you run your 14-day trial, you can actually ask them for an extension. As in, at the end of the day, they want to make sure that you are running on a system that actually works for you before you actually commit to paying them. That's so perfect. Awesome. Cool. By the way, this was not paid for. <laughs> <laughs> so this is free advertising for Shopify. <laughs> Good on you, Shopify, for free advertising, for awesome. being an amazing product for yeah. e-commerce and digital commerce uh, cool. entrepreneurs. But yeah, catch us on the next episode. Awesome. Hey guys, um, welcome to the fourth, third, I don't even know, <laughs> uh, welcome to the next episode yeah. of Compass. Um, so we've gone through um, three episodes now, so if you haven't listened to the others, I, I'd advise you to go back. So yeah, we've gone through that. admin, basic admin to understand what it means to set up yourself as a business mm -hmm. um, for your store. Um, we've gone through... Um, the platforms that you need to be using in order to to run your online store and today what we're going to do is really go into um, 
something that's a very very important part that sort of gets neglected sometimes right so yeah. we're going into the nitty-gritties now which is the payments and the logistics part of things right so yeah. how do you actually accept payments as a store online yeah. and then how do you actually make sure that the products that you have get shipped off um, to the customer that you have as well so let's go on let's go into it Danny. okay cool so uh let's just see start with payments start with logistics i'll probably start with i think <laughs> let's start with the exciting stuff payment <laughs> <laughs> because we all want to be paid exactly so yeah as an um you have to realize as so a, wait 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 yeah just to put some context right okay. so at this point i have an online store yeah that is built through shopify right? exactly so what do i do now to get to be able to receive payments on okay. this platform. So you can already start receiving payments because you've already done the admin of getting a business bank account. Okay. So the thing is that from the very get-go on your website with Shopify, you can set up a payment method. We have our very first one as being a bank deposit. So you can deposit directly into our bank account. But then we've also got um, PayFast. Slowly but surely, we are actually looking at other payment methods. But okay. right now, in South Africa, the one that's widely used is PayFast. So what is PayFast? So PayFast is literally a, a merchant um, merchant provider. Uh, I think payment merchant provider. To put it in simple terms, they're the guys who take money from your customer and then put that into your bank account. And they do it through a variety of methods. So they actually also take EFT. Bitcoin. I don't know why anybody would be paying with Bitcoin, but hey. <laughs> and then credit card, debit card, and even MobiCred. So if, for example, you want to take credit terms from your customers, you don't even have to worry about having to chase up your customer about the credit. You can actually provide that through PayFast itself. And the beauty, again, with PayFast is that it is free. There's no monthly subscription. You just pay for what you need to use. The only thing that you need to note about... So wait, let, yeah. let's break. What does that mean? So okay. um, do I pay for each transaction that goes through? Yes, is you do. Is that how I... Okay. Yes, you do. So what necessarily happens is that I think as a consumer, you, you don't see the stuff. <laughs> as in, whenever you pay for something, you're like, okay, I'm using my card. It goes through. Fine. The guys in the shop are always paying um, a transaction fee. So generally it's like around like one rand or so. And then there's also a percentage of that transaction. So with PayFast, I think it's um, 3% excluding VAT. Don't don't take my word for it. As in, so, <laughs> This is why show notes exist. Exactly. So we're going to put down all the details in terms of the costings for PayFast. But yeah. essentially, so if I go, say, for example, on a take a lot, yeah. when I actually click the pay button, when yeah. I see my card, it says credit card, it says exactly. what's happening there is, is a system like PayFast yes. that's literally saying, look, you can now pay and then they facilitate the payments exactly. between me and the actual um, store. True. So that's just one of the things that you actually have to take note of. Um, obviously, we'll even be touching this in sh shipping as well. But you need to include that 3% in the cost of what you're actually selling. So in my product, yes. I need to make sure that I've factored in the cost of, of, of transaction as exactly. well. Exactly. So every single cost that gets borne upon you in terms of the transaction, you need to put that into the cost price of whatever you're selling. So at least you're not running in losses because the last thing you want to be doing is that you're running an online business, but you're, you're, you're making losses. You're literally running like a reverse charity yeah. as in you are literally just making money for a, a company and rather than actually societal good. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, cool. So th that's payments. So literally um, using your Shopify with the PayFast makes it so much easier, much more seamless. Exactly. Um, and the cost doesn't seem too bad, especially if you factor it into the product as well. True. So uh, just to run through a few more specifics, um, obviously it's not like you're going to get the money instantly. Yeah. So um, when using cards, I, I think with EFTs it might be instant, but with using cards, there's a three-day clearing um, period. So you're only going to see the money reflecting your PayFast account in three days. Then from there, you've got the option to make a payout. Um, the only thing you have to note with every single payout, it'll cost you 10 Rand to make a withdrawal. So are you making a withdrawal from the sales that you've made through the store exactly. into your actual business account? Yes, so that would pretty much be it. So the mere fact is that when you're with PayFast, um, again, I didn't touch on the registration, but it's quite straightforward. They ask for the same thing, company registration documents, bank confirmation letter, and all that nice stuff that we covered in admin. But yeah, it would be that every single transaction that you want to do a payout for, they'll charge you 10 bucks. So our recommendation, it really depends on how you work things out, but we do it on a every Thursday. So every Thursday, that's when we have an, automatically, uh, an automatic payout. But I think that there is a minimum for how much the payout has to be. So I think it might be like a thousand or so. So they're not going to just make a payout every Thursday, especially if you have nothing in your account. Yep. So those are the things that you can do. So it's either that you can put it automatic or you can actually just make sure that there's a manual release, but making sure that you are going to also be charged 10 bucks for that transaction. How easy is PayFast to integrate into your store? It's quite simple. Um, and I'm sure they offer a lot of guides for this. Exactly. Right? So it's, it's quite straightforward as in, I think because I have been quite technical for quite some time, but I can literally tell you when you go into PayFast, there will be the option to integrate with Shopify. If there's any confusion, again, we'll probably provide that um, in one of the guides. But you just generate um, a key and there's also another, um, yeah, I think it should be another text file. And you plug that into Shopify and then from there, you're already accepting payments. So oh, sounds so seamless. Yeah, so that's so pretty perfect. much it. So okay, um, cool. just another one, uh, just a quick one is that there are restrictions as to how much can be transacted. So I think um, when you start off with, I think the limit is 20,000 um, on credit cards. And then I think it might be a bit higher on debit cards. So if you are looking at increasing the amount that you can actually transact, you would have to talk to PayFast to increase that limit, but it comes with time. So once you're doing big numbers, you can easily ask them for the increase. Which is a great problem to have, right? Exactly. Cool. Let's chat shipping. Um, so this is literally just how do you get products? So you've gotten the sale now. You've gotten yeah. the money into your into the you know through PayFast into you, your account or whatever. Now, how do we make sure that the product gets to the customer that's now you know made this 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 purchase? Yeah. So there are a variety of couriers, but just to put it in simple terms, what necessarily happens with an e-commerce store is that a person places an order. When they place the order, they paid you the money, and now you have to deliver the product. So how you deliver the product really depends on your situation. If the person who ordered the product is next door, I think you can just walk there and give them the product. Of course. <laughs> that would be the cheapest option. Yeah. But if, for example, they are somewhere in town, probably like it's 10 kilometers, it really depends. Sometimes you might actually be able to just like drive there or maybe like take a taxi with whatever you've actually got. So when, when you're starting out, that yeah. seems like the best option That's just to be able to, if you have that mobility. Exactly, as well. exactly. So it's a mere fact that you're weighing time and cost um, as to what exactly you're doing. But then obviously the cheaper route over the long haul would be to use couriers. 
So um, obviously, I think you guys might know the, the big names like FedEx, TNT. Um, who else would be there? Mm. You're thinking like the Courier guy. Yeah, the Courier, courier guy, definitely. Yeah, and a, a variety of other options. So what you can necessarily do is that, um, just to simplify things to begin with, is that you can use UAfrica. Okay. And what UAfrica does is that it syndicates three um, couriers, them being the Courier guy, Courier It, and Dawnwing. Okay. Yeah, so when looking at shipping, um, at least in Gauteng, um, we generally pay around like 50 to 60 Rand, excluding that. You might be wondering why exactly I say excluding VAT, but literally these websites actually just state the price excluding VAT. So you still have to pay that VAT anyway. But um, literally, if you're looking at a product that you are selling, it'll probably go for 50 or 60 Rand. When it comes to integration with Shopify, um, it isn't as seamless as what you see in America, where obviously they can do variable pricing. So sometimes you just want to find out what the average is. I can even just tell you an honest truth. The very first sale that I did through Shopify, I actually made a loss. I didn't actually account for the shipping costs. And I think it was also a bit of trial and error to try and see as in what would be the sweet spot. So with um, with the payments, you did say that we should integrate the the cost of transaction into the, exactly. into the product. Yeah. Would you say the same advice applies with shipping? Yes, it would. It's a bit of a psychological um, fact that if you include the shipping for free, it's, it's it increases conversion, right? Exactly. Because the thing is that a person might think like, oh, okay, and now I have to pay. So imagine this um, use case. You are looking for products. You place an order for that product. And now you go to checkout. Before you check out, it asks for where's your delivery address and everything. And then all of a sudden it tells you that you have to pay an extra 50 rand. You might have paid like a thousand bucks for the item and 50 rand might not be the biggest thing. But sometimes when you're doing shopping, you've already accounted that you're only going to spend a thousand and now all of a sudden you're being slapped with 50. So it's just one of those things that, again, um, depending on what you're trying to sell, sometimes you can actually substitute that price into the cost of whatever you're actually selling. Or you can even put a threshold and you can do that in Shopify where you can say if you spend 500 or more, you get free shipping. I think take a lot is a perfect example of how they actually yeah. do that. On our end, uh, we've taken the risky position of providing free shipping on all our products. So sometimes we might actually be taking a few L's as in a person buys something for 50 Rand. We've literally just given it away for, for free. But our philosophy is that we want to keep it a, a standard policy across the board that you place an order you know that whatever you're actually paying for is the last price that you're actually going to have to put down. That's so perfect. Yeah. So basically, if, I, if I've integrated the payments and all of that, mm. now I just need to use U Africa, which yeah. will be able to show me the variable, the, the different prices yeah. that exist for three courier companies. Yes. And I can choose one of them and then they'd be able to pick up the product and exactly. then be able to deliver it to the customer. Exactly. And just to... Um, Probably I can just walk you through a typical day as to how we actually do our shipping. Please. Is that, for example, you're the customer, you go onto our website, you place an order. So now you've paid. Probably it's like 100 bucks. That money now reflects in PayFast. If it's not PayFast and it's EFT, I think a bit of advice is that we typically wait for the money to clear if it's not the same bank. The last thing you want to do is send products to people who have not paid you. <laughs> and it's quite, kind of hard to actually try and so get money hard. out of people once they've actually got the product. Mm. So after that, uh, what would happen is that we get a notification. There's actually like a bit of a kiching <laughs> sound oh, that's with, cool. with, with Shopify. <laughs> so at least you actually know that you're getting you're getting paid. So from there, um, you would actually see the order on Shopify. If it has been paid, like with PayFast, it'll indicate that it has been paid. 
if a person has used a bank deposit, it'll indicate that it's unpaid. So you have to follow up with the customer. I was actually even doing this um, right before the podcast where I called a customer and sometimes customers actually just forget. We'll get into the technical details of the e-commerce platform, but they forget to pay for whatever reason and you just have to follow up. So then from that point, um, you've seen that that has gone through and then you have to log into you Africa. So you do not fulfill your shipments through Shopify if you are using you Africa. The reason being is that you Africa does the marking of the shipment through their system. So you go through you Africa, obviously you would have already linked your Shopify and you, your you Africa account. Then you've got the option to see what are the rates for what you're actually shipping. So. There are the odd cases that a person has put in the wrong postal code and you have to just call them to find out which postal code is correct. Or you can just go onto Google Maps. Most of the times you can take the address, go into Google Maps and see if you can actually just get the postal code from them. Then from um, that approach, you Africa determines as to what the price point would be. So I think um, when you sign up for an account, you get like 150 Rand for free. So you could actually get a few free shipments before you actually even have to pay them for, for the courier charges that you get at a later stage. So then from there, um, once you've um, chosen the option that you want to pay for, it gets charged to your um, U Africa account. So it's pooled. So at a certain threshold, you have to just pay out the amount that is owed. And then, yeah, you get a printed label. So no writing whatsoever. So you might think that now I'm running an e-commerce platform. Do I have to like write out my labels? No. <laughs> manually? <laughs> you don't have to. That is just on the basis of you, Africa, and that will be for the South African market. So you might be thinking, okay, but I want to ship my stuff to outside markets. So probably maybe neighboring countries or even like America, probably Europe and probably even Asia as well. That's unfortunately so there isn't an, un, yeah, an automatic way to actually get um, printed out labels. So currently we... Um, What's a label? Oh, Okay. <laughs> I suppose I'm shooting the gun. But a Weibo, the Weibo is that fancy little piece of paper that comes with your package. Oh, that's when it, perfect. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah when, when it gets delivered. So you have to sign off on that. So then obviously... We need to break this down. I, okay. I know. I, I think this I'm... e-commerce <laughs> for dummies. Yeah. So, so yeah, now we're getting into international payments or actually international shipping. Um, international shipping is a different ball game altogether. We don't do so many shipments ourselves um, internationally. Um, the thing is that our focus was actually just to target the South African market. That will be another story for another day. But just to keep it simple is that you can sign up for an account with TNT. By the way, TNT is owned by FedEx, mm. but it is cheaper to go through TNT because they've got cheaper rates for the time being. I don't know if FedEx might increase them, but that's um, something you can look into. The next one will be DHL. And then um, the other one that we are also using is Aramex. So quite often when we need to send um, damaged goods back to China, we actually use Aramex to actually get it shipped um, back there. And all of them, free accounts. The only time you actually have to pay is when you actually have to get a delivery out. So you don't have to get scared that you think, oh, where's the money in me having to set up all these accounts? I think the, the, the beginning was obviously with the admin and where you had to pay a few fees here and there, but with the shipping companies and even PayFast, you don't have to pay about uh, pay anything in terms of those fees. That's so perfect, man. Awesome. I think you've broken it down quite perfectly. Cool. Um, so, we're going to continue this journey on to building this online store and really building out these resources and tools that you can use to really build out, whether it's a side hustle or a full-time, you know, small business yeah. that you think you can, you know, start up 
Um, we just want to give you all the tools, all the resources, uh, and all the insights and all the learnings that Dali has as well. Yeah. Um, around this stuff, and then we can we can see how far we can get to building this out. And if you're really taking this journey with us. I want us. To, I want you to tweet us, right? So exactly. What, what's your handle, <laughs> Dali? We we don't yeah. even do this every episode anymore. <laughs> okay, just to repeat it, it's DJ uh, N G O M A DJ Ngoma. So you can actually just tweet at me. You can even DM me. I'm always free to actually giving advice. Plenty of people have actually just even like gone my number. They WhatsApp me asking for advice, and I'm 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 willing to give it out for free because we have to be wealth creators. Because the mere fact is that if I make you wealthy. Uh, you're going to make me wealthy. And if we're all wealthy, we're going to be living in a better country for hey tomorrow. Man. I-, I can't wait to live in this uh, dystopian uh, <laughs> dream that Dali has. <laughs> Catch us on the next episode. Thank awesome. you so much for listening. Okay, take care. Welcome to the fifth episode of Compass. Um, I'm Mushri Mudal. Um, yeah. Do you want to say your name quickly? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, Daliso Ngoma from African Technopreneurs. Cool. Awesome. Am I supposed to say Mushri Mudal from Lucha? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> anyway, let's, let's okay, start it. Let's, let's go. Start. Let's yeah, go, yeah let's exactly. Go. Welcome to the next episode of, of, of Compass. So we've gone through so many aspects so far. Um, the last four episodes, I feel like, have been super impactful. Yeah. I hope you've, you've really um, taken the content, taken the tools, taken the resources exactly. that we've chatted about to really try and test these out and see what sort of things you can build on your own. So um, today's episode is going to be a bit less technical, a yeah. bit less serious. I think mm. this is the fun stuff now, yeah. right? True, true, true. So how do you get attention? So you've built the store, built the, the payment system, you've made sure you can get the shipping right, mm. you've got the product and mm. all of that, mm. but how do you actually get your word out there that your store exists, that you are up, you are open for business and you're looking for people to buy your product? Yeah, so I've, I've taken like unconventional routes in how our marketing happens. I think probably the very first guys that you usually approach would be friends and family. What necessarily happened is that I just tried to sell to total strangers. It was a mere fact that the strangers are the people who are going to be paying you money anyway. Yeah. So um, first things first is that um, our roots um, started more towards um, the likes of Google AdWords. So again, um, this will be one of the things that you, you'll find along the way is that the best way to market yourself is actually to be with like-minded people in the space. So I think the very first thing you can actually do is that if, for example, you hear that there is a U Africa or even a Shopify or even a Yoko event actually happening, you can actually go there and talk about your business. That would be the very first step and people might be able to give you a few steps as to how you can improve. Second one would be um, like on our end is that when I actually went to one of these Shopify events, it was actually happening at the Yoko offices, is that... This guy, Marco, was talking about his online shop and how he was actually doing and stuff like that. And it was quite interesting. He was telling his story. Then I actually um, had to ask him just a simple question, which was, how did you get your first customer? Yep. And he said he used Google AdWords. 
I used Google AdWords and I was able to get my first customer. And Google AdWords is mainly just um, search based. Exactly. Uh, really trying to get the people's attention who are looking for the products that they that you specifically sell. So for example, yeah. if someone Googles um, 360 cameras, exactly. your, you paying for AdWords would make sure that your business comes up, right? Uh, let me just actually check that right now. I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> a, literally, I actually need to check. Okay, if Danny, my, you yeah. want to check if, if the money is working or not? Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, you have to make sure that whatever cent you're actually paying is actually working. So I can actually see, like right now, the very first ad result is 180 by 2. Yeah. If you if you Google 360 yeah, cameras. Of course, as in oh, you. Oh, that's so perfect. <laughs> oh, he, he's not lying. He's actually not lying. <laughs> yeah, so so that's the thing. Um, I am actually not going to tell you um, any fairy tales as to it being easy, but the simplest thing um, that actually works to actually get yourself into Google AdWords is that you have to look at your product and think, what would your customers be Googling for? So if, for example, you are a tea brand, if you want to, you can actually hijack people's brands. So any famous tea brands, you can actually put them in your keywords. So when people are actually searching for them, they'll be able to find those popping so, up. So if I'm a competitor for like Lipton, yeah. I'd buy the, I'd, I'd pay for that as a keyword. Exactly. And when people search for Lipton, yeah. my brand would come up. Yeah, but it's a very risky proposition because again, if you're just starting out, people don't know you. Mm. So sometimes you actually have to start with maybe a few unknowns. So like even for ourselves, because we sell 360 cameras and virtual reality headsets, is that we're targeting people who already know what we're actually selling. Mm. So for example, if it was a Ricoh Theater, people type that in, they see us pop up, and not a lot of people know what a Ricoh Theater is. I can I, even I don't, <laughs> no. exactly. I, I, no. So just to put it in simple terms, it's a 360 camera. So, <laughs> so, so you literally firstly want to target the people that you think would actually be your target markets. You can experiment with people who you think might be interested, but firstly, you'd actually want to go with the people who you think would actually be your target market. Thirdly, um, I think what would be best is that you actually talk to people. As in, apart from what I mentioned in the first part where you go to events and the rest, is that you literally have to talk to people to actually get to know what you're actually doing. Mm. Because you can't be playing this hope-based hope marketing way. Hope-based marketing. <laughs> I think that's the new uh, trend now. Yeah, exactly. Marketing hope-based. Yeah, so, so the thing is that you set up a store, you don't tell anybody about it, and now you're expecting to actually make sales. Funny enough is that we actually use and, and still use um, Take A Lot as marketing. We not, might not necessarily make that much cash from some of the sales that actually happen on the platform. But the mere fact is that when people go on to Take Lot and they see one of our products, they tap there, they see our company name right there. Mm. And what that has actually opened up is that people call us directly because they're like, okay, if this is the company, I'll go into Google and talk directly to the man. Oh, wow. Exactly. So, so the, the fact so perfect. is that you look at all these um, types of methods because sometimes people won't go directly to you. Sometimes they need like a third reference that they trust yeah. to actually be like, okay, I know that person. Mm -hmm. And that's why I would actually buy from them. Oh, cool. So yeah. Google AdWords, number one. Exactly. Number two, social media. Exactly. Social media, yeah, to a certain degree, I, I don't really engage that much, so I can't really tell you that hey so, social media. so buying ads is not the one so buying ads on social media hasn't really worked out for me i, I think oh, it's wow. just again it's a, is it again about the product that you sell and what store you have i think it also just plays on the fact that you have to play to your strengths mm. so for me is that i i think that i'm a good salesperson mm. i'm not really good at social media 
maybe if you're keen, you, we might actually be able to work together on that front. But the main part is that um, I focus on what my strengths are and my weaknesses, I try to build a team around that. And we'll be talking more about that at a later stage. But the ad spend has primarily just been on Google Ads because that's where we've actually seen quite a bit of an uptick. We have used Google, um, actually not Google, Facebook, um, Facebook ads for our Flexroom um, side of things. And it actually did work out quite well. It's just that um, it was an experiment. And like, you know, if you go to the casino, you pull the, the arm, yeah. all of a sudden you win the jackpot and you're like, oh, okay, it's working. Um, I didn't want to continue pulling it because <laughs> the <laughs> is that we actually needed to focus on business. So the main is that, um, again, social media, there are obviously people in the space. Hopefully we can actually bring on someone who's actually using social media quite Definitely. well in the e-commerce space. Definitely. But that's literally my, my piece of advice. And again, also getting yourself out there. As in, people are not going to buy from someone that they don't know. So mm. if you are not known and people don't know your name, you need to actually get out there to actually let people know about it. And again, is that um, the other approach is because you've got Shopify, um, we'll talk about this at a later stage, is that you can build an email list. So if you build that email list... That's you very can, old school. Uh, it's very old school, but the mere fact is that you've got ownership of that. As in you, you think of like Twitter and Facebook. These websites can close tomorrow and you don't own anything on those platforms. Mm. Whilst when it comes to your websites and when it comes to your email list, those are valuable assets because those are pretty much like your your 1,000 grand fans. And even for ourselves is that we follow up with emails. We even follow up with phone calls to make sure that, for instance, if people get a good experience, what are they going to do? They're going to recommend you. If they get a bad experience, they're probably going to tell more people and that will hurt your reputation. And then um, another approach obviously gets a bit more technical, but adding review components to what you're actually doing. Because when people buy from you, they're always keen on leaving reviews. Mm. And the last thing you want to do is sell something that you think is good, but then when you see the reviews, it's actually quite bad. And again, feedback is always um, golden, that you always learn from the feedback that you actually get. So what I'm really getting a lot from this is, customers are really great marketing like really satisfied customers amazingly literally as great a, experience uh, great product i'm going to tell as many people as exactly. possible i'm going to share a review i might even share it on social media true so just a simple fact as in i don't know uh, maybe this might be your company laptop as in they just gave you an apple a laptop but quite quite often than not it's a mere fact that the people in the organization were influenced by someone else ah. we told them like hey Apple laptops are great. They're probably low maintenance. When it comes to cost, let's not talk about that. But the mere fact is that they got influenced actually buying that particular brand. Mm. You might be using a Samsung. How did you actually go about getting that Samsung? Mm. Again, most likely someone must have told you, regardless of if, for example, Casper is talking about Samsung, if, for instance, your friends are not using it, it's very uh, reluctant that I would actually just buy a brand because a celebrity has actually endorsed it. Um. It'll be other than the case that I'm also just thinking they're getting paid. Mm. <laughs> and if that's the case, it, it doesn't really help. So sometimes you also have to just think small or actually do the things which don't scale. I think it's a term that's used in startups where people always just think of like growth metrics to actually scale. But sometimes you just have to work on basics like word of mouth. If people actually know you, they're going to recommend you to a variety of people. And the more people actually know you, the better for your marketing strategy. But again, you still obviously want to push for other channels to actually so get So definitely test out growth. what works for you. Yeah. But I think this is some solid advice. Yeah, so trial and error, trial and error. Um, I think we didn't mention that from the very beginning, but it is trial and error. Um, I can show you what is in the bag, but literally it came with a whole lot of work. <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you so much, Jali. All right. Um, so catch us on the next episode where we're going into much more detail and possibly some guests as well. Yeah, um, of course. Getting some people that have built amazing online stores and chatting to them about how they did what they did, yeah. what tools they use, what resources they use, and really possibly even getting some experts in, you yeah. know, some guys from these platforms. Exactly. And also, really chatting to us about what to do to make this work as a business, as a digital venture. True. And just a quick one. Um, of course, you can catch us on social media, djngoma.com. Actually, yeah, djngoma, that'll be the handle. But uh, what you can also just do is that if you have any questions, just shoot them to us, even DM. So then at least when it comes to the podcast, we can even bring in those experts and give them those questions. So they can actually address any concerns that you guys actually have. Because again, I don't want to sell you a dream and all of a sudden you're like, I started my e-commerce platform and it's not doing anything. So again, it's a bit of work, but we also want to help you along the way. Let's get this work done, man. Awesome. Thank you so much.